Good morning. This is Jim Colburn of Commodity Research Group. I'm with Andy LeBeau, also of Commodity Research Group, and we're here to talk about energy markets. To learn more about us, you can check out our website, commodityresearchgroup.com, where we post our podcasts and our blog. We'd like to thank our friends at EKT Interactive Oil and Gas Training for hosting this podcast. Check out their newsletters, podcasts, and learning modules at ektinteractive.com. This podcast should be construed as market commentary, merely observing economic, political, and market conditions, and is not intended to refer to or endorse any particular trading system, strategy, or recommendation. You're not responsible for trading decisions taken by anyone. This is not an offer to buy or sell any derivative. And today is all, uh, September 17th, 2019. And Andy LeBeau, we're in the middle of a very fluid situation with uh, what's going on in Saudi Arabia. Um, there's supposed to be a, uh, a press conference at 1 o'clock Eastern time today. Why don't you uh, catch us up on what's going on? Um, okay, good morning, Jim, and uh, hello to all our listeners. It's been a, a pretty hectic three or four days in the, uh, in the oil markets, and uh, Jim, I think both of us know why this, uh, you know, this happened over the weekend, because I think we, we had a meeting at Global Headquarters in Connecticut, and both of us said, boy, the oil market is really you know, it's been trading in this range. And, uh, you know, guaranteed. Gotten, guaranteed, right? Yes. Things, have gotten, things have gotten outright, uh, outright boring. I yes. said, no, I'm bored. I, I, I'm not bored. You know, it wasn't yes. as, crude could be very interesting. And, uh, you know, two or three days later, it became uh, much more interesting than it had uh, over, the, over the past few weeks when we're just, when we're just uh, range bound. So we sit here uh, Tuesday at, at noon, and uh, as, our, as our listeners know, the Saudis lost 5.7 million barrels per day of uh, crude, crude export capacity or, or crude production, probably lost another million barrels a day of uh, refinery capacity owing to the natural gas issues that, that they had on, a, um, on the attack. The U.S. is claiming that the attack came from Iran. The Saudis originally said it was the uh, Houthi rebels from Yemen. And uh, right now, we, we don't really have clarification on uh, where this uh, attack came from. But, um, you know, it's looking more and more like it, like it, could, have been, uh, it could have been Iran. No, no word from the uh, Saudis. It did look like... This could be a major issue, and it still could be, Jim. I mean, this this, this still could be, but the Saudis have, have come out to the press and said, uh, Reuters in particular, and uh, have said that they think they can uh, get back to full capacity within a few weeks. Other analysts have been saying it may take months uh, to to get the uh, to get production up to uh, to 5.7, but uh, obviously the uh, the Saudis have scrambled. And what a market, right, Jim? Yeah, I think uh, uh, Andy, we we've seen the market react today. It's it's around uh, it's a little after 12 noon, moving sharply lower on um, all this. I, I guess the the fact that the 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 stories that 
a sorry, uh, a sorry spokesperson said that uh, stuff was coming back just, just as you mentioned. So maybe faster than what people had anticipated, but there's uncertainty as you also mentioned around what they say and what will actually happen. Uh, there's uncertainty around uh, retaliation and there's uncertainty around um, uh, if, if the attacks uh, happen again. So what, what do you think about, you know, going that's forward? A lot of, that's, that's, a lot. that's a lot on your, that, that's a lot of, to put on my plate right at the. Uh, right, right. right. So, the so they're going to. You're right. There's still a lot of uncertainty in the market. I mean, obviously, if they are able to get this, this production up quickly, you know, in the, in the next couple of weeks, we're not going to, the, the market is not going to suffer all that much of a, of a shortfall owing to the loss of, uh, owing to the loss of this, uh, of these barrels. You know, refined products we'll talk about a little bit later that, that could have a, a bigger impact. But what they say and what actually happens, as you mentioned, Jim, could be, you know, could, could be radically different as, as we've seen in U.S. infrastructure, exactly. Uh, you know, when, when there's been damage via the hurricanes or accidents, you know, it always seems to take much longer than uh, than what they say. And uh, you know, right now I, they're singing a, a pretty optimistic tune. They do have they do have backup, but uh, these are pretty sophisticated. This is a sophisticated plant. And uh, whether, you know, whether it's two or three weeks, uh, I don't know. I mean, that, that seems pretty quick to me. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the, the fact that they're saying they're coming back quickly might take, you know, SPR releases off the table for the near term. I mean, it, you, you could find a situation where you, you start drifting higher or, you know, maybe it takes longer than they expected. So we don't get a SPR release because of the, the news is, you know, comes out in drips and drabs rather than, you know, um, if they came out today and said, we're not going to be back for months, then you'd get an SPR release. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, and that's a key factor to the market. You know, the, the president Trump was all over talking about an SPR release. The IEA has been uh, pretty vociferous saying that they have, that they do have emergency stocks, which they they do. You know, they have 2.2 billion barrels of uh, crude oil and refined products around the world, you know, uh, not only in the, in the U.S., but in, uh, in Europe and other, in other strategic locations. So, you know, I, th- I think that's, that's definitely ad- giving some comfort uh, to the market is, these, uh, is the IEA stockpiles. What what's problematic, of course, is if these are down, if production's down, you know, for any length of serious length of time, we we really don't have a lot of spare capacity, which is clearly bullish for the market. Yes, uh, you know, maybe we could see production increases out of uh, you know maybe Russia, maybe Iraq, you know, the Saudis are are, are have some, you know, they have spare, they have the most spare capacity, which, which, you know, again, it, it's unclear what that's, you know, how that's being organized right now. And of course, there's the neutral zone between Saudi and Kuwait, which is about 500 to 600,000 barrels a day. That's, that's been in a dispute for it's years now. I mean, right. that's been years, yeah. uh, but, but that's, you know, that's some spare capacity as well. And it isn't as though, you know, I know we're going to talk about this more at length, 
you know, it isn't as though the, the U.S. producers can just, you know, turn on a switch and automatically provide, you know, hundreds of thousands of barrels, you know, at a moment's notice to the, uh, to the market. That's, a, that's not the case. Although, as, what we they could, discuss, Andy. as we will discuss, they are due to increase production significantly yeah. between now and the end of the year anyway. You know, right. so, you know, Saudi shortfall or not, you know, those barrels are coming on. Be, uh, before we get into, you know, uh, sort of the expected uh, stock draws and builds, um, I just want to talk about something that uh, we actually did see happen yesterday, and that is the uh, bump up in uh, implied vol. We talk about a risk premium uh, on the price of oil uh, due to what, what happened. Uh, you can see uh, immediately uh, the, the cost of uh, options has gone up. And, and so we were, if I'm looking at November options, we settled at the money settled around 32.3%, which is right at the long-term uh, average. If you go back to when these things started trading, that's about where the long-term average is. We bumped up uh, yesterday. We settled at the money at 46.4. So that's a 14.1% volatility uh increase and um you know that's that's a that's a big bump however it's not the high of the year i mean the high of the year was uh on uh january uh 2nd when we were we were above 50 percent so and that was that was coming off that sharp decline in price so um you know that's where we are the the, the other significant thing is that october options expire today so i calculated uh roughly 100,000 just call options that went into the money over the weekend. And um, I'd say about maybe 75% of those were probably expected to expire worthless. So that was kind of a, a shock. And it's, it's, it's hard to say, you know, everybody did this, everybody did that, because you, you know, you come in, you come in on Monday, and you're short a call option. Now it's you know, the price is in your face, you've got to take some action. If you're long that option, it's possible you take the counter action to that. But, you know, it doesn't always work that way. So it's, it's hard to sort out, you know, everybody's doing this, everybody's doing that. But, it's, but you know, 100,000 call options uh, all, all of a sudden became relevant. Uh, relevant. And again, because they're expiring today, they're they're going into money, which means they're they're going to have quickly going to have an afterlife as a futures contract. You know, they're not going to go off the board quietly. So, uh, and now that with the down day, a lot of those options that were going to be uh, turned into futures contracts are now going off worthless. So it's kind of like this light switch going on and off. And it's probably I'm guessing, and you can't know for sure. It's probably adding to the volatility, not dampening it. So um, you, you would think so. You think that that covering caused uh, was, you know, besides the news, do you, do you think that that contributed to the big spikes in, in uh, WTI and uh, obviously Brent too, you know, yeah, spike this, as people had to take, take cover? Yeah, I, you know, I think I don't want to get the, uh, the tail wagging the dog. I always focus on the options and I think that's where the, you know, it's like living in New York City. You think that's the center of the universe. So you have to step back and say that this is the, this is the, uh, it's really the tail, but you know, again, this is a, because it's, 
you know, you, it's such an extreme move. And because these options are going off the board, um, they're, they're, it could have added to the, and the people that really need to do something were the ones that were short options and maybe, you know, short without any oil covering it or any futures covering it. So yeah, they had to, you know, they had to act quickly and um, it may have helped drive the thing up. But if you're short, you know, if you're, if you had a short position on, you know, if you were a fund or something like that, you also had to take take action. I guess the funds wouldn't be short the front month, but they had to, well, you know, they wouldn't they, be short the front month, but they, you know, their, their short position has definitely grown over the last, right. you know, over the last few weeks and, and, uh, and months. Yes. Um, but you know, to, to just dramatize what you're talking about, Jim, this thing, uh, crude settled at 54.85 on uh, on Friday. Yes, and you know the next thing you know, it's opening at 61.48. So all those, if you were short 60, 61, 60, you know, right, exactly. That, that doesn't make for a really happy weekend. And you know, one thing that's been missing this year are are days when you see a, a strike trade over 10,000 contracts. We had three of them. And guess which ones? The uh, they were the Ox 63, 64s, and 65s. They all traded over uh, 10,000. The and the Ox 70 call was uh, about 9,500. So wow, yeah, that's exactly. So you had people uh, scrambling, and um, and now we're <laughs> we're we're going the other way, or sort of, right? At least yeah. for the short term. I'm sure um, there's, there's some regret on on their actions, but they had to do what they had to do. Yes. And, uh, you know, one other thing, uh, Andy, the, um, when we look at the spread options, um, there was a big trade took place in the, the Novi Dece 50 call, about uh, over 16,000 traded. That's a big number. And open interest declined by 15,000. So those 50 calls, the, the Novi D spread moved up by about 44 cents, if my uh, math is correct. So that pushed that call into money and somebody you know, looks like somebody liquidated there. It's a buyer and a seller liquidating. So it's, right. again, it's hard to attach who did what, but I'm guessing that it was the person that owned the call said, Hey, this thing's in the money. Right. right? Thank, yeah. Thank you very much. Thank and, you. Whoever, whoever shot those missiles off. Yes, exactly. So, so yeah, yeah. Just say, right. You know, millions of dollars. So, yeah, so that's, and, and the final thing I'd say is um, there was a big volume, obviously, 485,000 roughly. That's not the biggest. Um, that's probably the, again, I, I don't find, the, the um, exchange doesn't put the um, uh, record numbers up anywhere. At least I can't find them. But by my eyeballing, it's probably the fourth or fifth record volume day. And what was missing was the put volume. So we had about 340,000 calls trade. Obviously, they're the, they're the ones that uh, were, were uh, you know, going in the money a lot. And um, the puts traded about 146,000. So that's a good number. So if, if you're, some of that could have been hedging, people taking advantage, you know, which now kind of leads us to say, what do you, th what do you think the, uh, what do you think the U.S. producer response is going to be off of this spike? Well, I, I think that, you know, yesterday the, the Cal 20 got up, you know, over, over $55, 50, and might even have gotten up over 56 on a print. Who, who knows where it was actually trading? But, you know, one, one would expect that, or one would hope, actually, that the, that the U.S. producer was, was in there hedging either, you know, using futures or, you know, so, some... Uh, 
option, you know, some option strategy because 55, you know, for, for some producers who have really been, you know, there's been a lot of talk about producers under, under severe stress, either because of, of debt or, um, you know, so some producers going, going out, you know, if they took advantage of, of this rally, you know, you, the, there's some existential risk that they can eliminate. Um, so one would, one would hope, and uh, from what I heard, there, there was some pretty good hedging in the, uh, in the back months. And Jim, I, th- I think that's the way to go. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's particularly if you're looking at, you know, any existential risk, right? Right, right. Um, and uh, almost certainly they're not, you know, given what the, um, you know, given the news, uh, I'm sure that they certainly weren't hedging all their, you know, everything from, for, you know, all their production. That wouldn't be that wouldn't be prudent. No, uh, I think I think you have to. Right, and also by you know buying puts, even though they're more they volatility uh, soars, but still as a as a producer, that's not what you're looking at. You're looking at strike price, and then how much is the insurance? You know, what's your effective what's your effective selling uh, price should the market come off? So yeah, I mean it just makes a lot makes a lot of sense to uh, do that, which which um. You know, I guess the question is: We've already the the uh, the big three uh, monthly oil reports have non-OPEC production increasing by quite a bit. Right, and right. Does this spike add to it, or does it just give producers a better price for the same oil they're going to produce anyway? That's yeah, yeah. That that's always. I, I, they probably some of them will be able to to add to it, uh, but at least they can you know, look their banker and their investors in the eye and say, hey, we're getting $55 for this. You know, that works for us. You right. Know, that we protected our profit margin. And, um, you know, again, that's the, that's the beauty of, uh, of being able to hedge. And if, the, if, you know, this explodes higher, you know, they'll presumably have some more bullets and their bankers and investors will be, will be even happier. But, you know, in terms of U.S. production, you know, the, the short-term energy outlook is, is very interesting, Jim. Yeah. Right now, I think our, our, we're at about 12.4, I think was last week's number, if I'm not mistaken, or right, or right around there. They have, in, in the short-term energy outlook, they've got September production expected, or this month's production expected to be 12.55, October 12.58. Then it jumps in November to 12.85 and December 12.92. And next January, almost, you know, we're, we're looking at over 13 million barrels a day. We're up like 600,000 from now. You know, that, those are big numbers. But, I think, yeah, is it, I mean, is that like production that's been held back due to pipeline constraints or is it just we keep producing? Well, we keep, yeah. I, well, certainly, yes. I think the, the pipeline constraints, which are now, you know, as we head into the end of 19 and into 20, you know, there'll be, there'll be enough pipeline capacity to move barrels from Permian to the Gulf Coast, you know, as, evid- as evidenced by, you know, the Midland, the Midland differentials, Jim, are like, you know, they're trading around inch unchanged versus, what were they, like 20 under or something, yeah, <laughs> something right, unbelievable something, yes. a couple of years ago? Right. So, yeah, I think it is the pipeline. Plus, 
you know, the, there is certainly, we look at all the, the drilled, you know, the ducts, the drilled, but, but uncompleted wells, yes. um, you know, maybe these higher prices, you know, will, will bring some more volume in. But the, this was volume that the, at least the EIA, I don't think, you know, I think other people, including us, actually, I don't think it's going to be that high, you know, have modeled something lower than this. But, you know, that's clearly out in the market. Hey, you know, this, this number is going up, you know, is going up pretty radically anyway. You know, and this obviously came, you know, it was before uh, the, the Saudi spike. You know, the CIA, this uh, short-term energy outlook came out last week. Last week, early last week, yeah. Yeah, so we're due to, you know, we're due to increase, increase production. And as you said, you know, other non-OPEC uh, producers are, um, you know, should, including, the, you know, in addition to the U.S., all the big three have outlined growth in uh, Brazil which actually may happen, Jim. I know. It's beginning to happen. I, mean, I know we've been teasing Brazil for a while. I know. You and I are, you know, we're always what, skeptical. But, uh, you know, what was interesting to me, Andy, was to see that in the IEA monthly, they talked about, uh, you know, countries that are producing more than, than is allowed under the, the agreement. And Nigeria was one of them. And I said, right, oh, right. I haven't seen that in a while. You they? haven't seen that in a while. Yeah, <laughs> they've, had, they've had some... Yeah, they've had some gains of late. Yeah. Uh, also, the, there's a big, there's a couple of big fields coming out of Norway uh, that may get up to, you know, they're talking about six to six hundred thousand barrels a day next year. So uh, sure, that's not a wind farm, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> you I'm got kidding. me on that one, Jack. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it may I thought, be, I thought they were divesting out of oil. I get, uh, I get. The, uh, they would like to. I think that. Yeah. I think, I think, well, I think they're getting out. I think, isn't their fund divesting yeah. out of, uh, divesting out of oil? It's the, the revenues are coming in from the fossil fuels, but they won't go out that way. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, I don't want, I don't let's, know. I'm getting snarky here. Yeah. Yeah. You're definitely getting let's, snarky, but. So, know, so talk, right. talk about the, um, like the, what these guys have in for their expected, um, uh, stock builds going. For, so I keep thinking we have a lot more time left in this year, but it's already. No, we don't. Uh, You know, we're, we're, it looks as though, well, let's assume for the, just for this conversation that there isn't, you know, that Saudi's going to be up in two or three weeks. And that's a big assumption, you know, that, that we're going to have to rework numbers based on where those, you know, where those, where they come in at. So it, it looks as though, Third quarter, according to the big three, and also, you know, what we're looking at, I think we're going to draw in second half of uh, 19, it looks as though we're going to draw about 400 to 500,000 barrels a day, which basically makes up for the builds that we had in the first half of the year uh, of about 500,000, five to 700,000 barrels a day. So net, maybe we'll build on the, build on the year, but the, the next you know, actually, we're almost through the third quarter, but fourth quarter, it also looks as though, you know, we, we will be drawing. But then you run into, you know, you run into next year where, um, you know, the IEA has us at 28.5 demand for OPEC crude. I, I think it's going to be higher at around 28.8, but they're producing 29.8. So you're looking at a, the first half looks ugly. You know, it looks like there could be a million barrels a day stock build. Right. Um, 
you know, we'll see again. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happened. I, you know, I marked the man down, you know, everyone else has as well, but yeah, that's it. Can I stop you there for a second? And, uh, do you think these guys have stopped Mark? I mean, the EIA has, uh, Marked down demand by a hundred thousand this month to for 2019 that they have a plus 0.9 uh, growth, and then for 2020 they have plus 1.4. So, I mean, is it? You, what do you think? I mean, you think we've stopped? Yeah, I think the IEA is still. You know, let's see, the EIA and the I the IEA incredibly still is looking at a big time second half 19. They're looking up 1.6 for for second half 19. I don't, yeah, I don't recall what their, you know, I think they're one, two, one, three million barrels a day growth for, um, you know, for 20, for 2020. And what they're banking on is petrochemicals, you know, right. they're, you know, they really think that uh, petrochemical demand is, is going to surge. There could be some, you know, we'll see what happens with diesel you know, with this IMO 2020 staring us in the face. Uh, we'll actually see what happens, you know, if there's any change on, on that, given what, you know, the Saudi news is here and how that develops. You know, maybe that's going to be, you know, maybe that'll be postponed for a quarter. I, you know, just, it's possible. Not right. probable, but, but, uh, but certainly possible. So it looks as though, you know, I think that a lot of these, you know, we heard Rick Perry and, um, we heard uh, Fadi Birol of the IEA talk about that there was ample, you know, this ample inventory. The reality is, it's, I wouldn't call it ample. You know, I'd call it like average. You know, it, it looks as though at the end of, right now, at the end of, if we look at the end of second quarter, if you take industry stocks and you take crude, you know, and you take um, government stocks, we're at 93 days, both of them combined. And the four-year average is 95 days day supply. So, you know, we're, we're, I wouldn't say we're in any glut situation. Right. And yeah. which is evidenced by the, you know, you could look at the, the Brent curve and you know you're not in any, you know, we're not in any, any uh, glut situation. So the market is looking, obviously they're feeling the, the uh, draws currently and they're looking ahead and seeing decent sized builds right Is right in well and so so in when you look at the curve the the um you're getting dollar dollar of backwardation in some of the months in the in 2020 does it is that what do you think about that i think that it doesn't make any sense because you know, you're looking at, it looks as though, again, these, all these numbers have to come through in terms of, uh, you know, the production. I'm talking yes. about U.S. now. Production, you know, has to, has to boom and imports, exports, runs, et cetera, et cetera. But just using the EIA data, and we use that, you know, I like looking at it because they, I remember that. Remember that we went to a presentation and oh, yeah. one of the EIA guys was talking about his model. Oh yeah, that blew us both away. I thought it was oh, like, that was, oh, that was this just guy's great. really on it. You know, yeah, <laughs> I used yeah. to boo them, and Listen, now I was like, wow, it's a tough job. You know, oh, tell us, tell me about it. right. I, I teased the e, the IEA monthly when it, I guess it was in 2016. They came out with a report that said the world was a wash in oil, and 
they they picked the bottom within a couple of weeks. But <laughs> right, you know. But the thing is, people look at those numbers and say, you know, like OPEC will look at those numbers and say, hey, we have to do something. Or, you know, the market will right, react. Right. Oh yeah, the market yeah. definitely reacts. So um, yeah, it's it's. But yeah. getting back to the point. Yes. So what the EIA has, they have stocks building up to crude U.S. crude stocks building up to uh, 494 million barrels in May of 2020, which would be 10 million over, you know, where we are, where we are this year and way above the, uh, way above the five-year average, even with runs, you know, they have, they ha have high runs. So, you know, we're, we're up over 500 million, which, you know, would not really be a backward dated situation. You know, right, but I, right. I guess with the market, but the curve is backward dated. And I guess the market is anticipating, you know, this new pipeline capacity coming and Cushing draining. Um, right. You know, but it's possible the Gulf, you know, things back up because the Gulf Coast gets constipated. Yes. Um, well, so. that's a, yeah. I mean, I guess the market's saying we're going to look more like a Brent market than a right. you know, WTI standard stranded oil market i guess right so yeah that'll be interesting to see how that plays out yeah um now would i i'm not sure i would sell the front and buy the back right now yeah of course so you know i would i think it's the play but you can't you know it's it, it's tough to do because this clearly you know the, the, the we've got a we've got more to this episode right jim i mean yeah it's still unfolding we have Again, it's unfolding. We have, we have the, you know, what's the Saudi reaction going to be? Right. You know, I don't, uh, could, you know, is it going to be military? Are we going to really, you know, is there a conflagration in, in the future? I don't, you know. Yeah, I guess um, what, what, what this, whatever the Saudis do, it'll probably be in an area that doesn't produce oil right now. If it, uh, you know, if they, uh, this is probably, uh, not a good idea to start thinking of these scenarios, but because um, it'll, you know, there's just a lot that could happen. It's it's the retaliation from the retaliation. When the you know once they retaliate, then what happens? Then the Saudi oil fields are open for attack again. Right. You know. Exactly, and and um, you know, again, it's it's pretty hard to uh, it's pretty hard to handicap um, given the you know, given the players in the, in the region. Um, so let's take a little turn here and, and talk about product demand. Um, can you talk about gasoline and, and then diesel and uh, maybe fold that into the uh, IMO? Uh, uh, well, the diesel, yeah. It looks well, first, like gasoline. gasoline. I mean, yeah. gasoline, you know, as, as we've been really talking about all year, uh, has been, you know, U.S. gasoline demand is, is unchanged you know, plus or minus like, like half a percent. And I don't, you know, even, even with lower, you know, maybe we're getting a little, little bump up with, uh, lower, uh, pump prices, but it does, it, it, it's not going to be, you know, it, does, it doesn't look like it's going to be, uh, significant through the, through the end of the year. You know, I, I think on, uh, which is really, as I, as I think we've talked about this before, Jim, but you know, when we get the bearish, economic news or the bearish, you know, Chinese trade front news, yeah. it's gasoline that always gets 
killed, the right? PMIs, yeah. And they talk about, well, the demand, you know, demand for gasoline, the demand for industrial fuels is going to be poor because of this. You know, it's going to be unchanged. That's right. what it is. Right. You know, right. but yet the market can go down 10 cents on, right. you know, on not, not nonsense, but, you know, on, on, yep. I guess on sentiment. Yeah. You know, globally, uh, there, there, are, there is some Indian demand is not that great. Chinese demand has been okay for, uh, for gasoline. I, I think that, yeah, pump prices are lower than last year. They probably, you know, they, they're are going to go up here if depending on where uh you know where crude is gasoline was up 20 cents yesterday uh, i think the diesel is, is certainly the more interesting you know the more interesting product demand there has been it hasn't been great you know it has mm-hmm. it is not it really has not been great and that has been a direct reflection of some of the economic news and particularly on the manufacturing front right. you know there there it does make sense if diesel gets you know if diesel gets hit I, I guess it makes sense that gasoline gets hit but probably not to the extent that uh you know that that it does now what in terms of the imo the um what the what we're what we're not looking for, but the government is looking for, again, getting back to the EIA, they think that distillate production is going to really surge this year to make um, a lighter fuel uh, for, the, uh, for the IMO. In fact, this is an unbelievable number, and I don't believe this number, Jim. They have <laughs> April and May diesel production or distillate production at 5.85 million barrels a day in the U.S. Last year, it was 5.18. So they're looking for, you know, like six or 700,000 barrels a day increase on diesel production. And of course, a concomitant increase on diesel exports um, uh-huh. with, you know, those exports helping to may or may not help um, to feed the uh, IMO 2020 demand increase. It's pretty interesting what they did. I, I think they're, in, on this one, Yeah, I think they're full of it. <laughs> <laughs> After I just went through the, oh, I love the EIA's yes. model. But, yes. You know, this I think is a, uh, this I think I could, is a disagreement. They also, they don't see demand spikes on, on diesel, you know, basis, the uh, IMO. Remember, U.S. ports, of course, are, are for Jones, you know, Jones tankers. Right. Uh, mostly. Um, the, uh, this, it's unlikely that, uh, you know, a, a VLCC is going to fuel up in the, in the U.S. You know, they'll more, more likely Caribbean or somewhere else be too expensive, I think. So um, this is a difficult question, but do you want to uh... – Give us a sense of what you're looking for going forward. I mean, in terms of price. That is, uh, yeah, sure. I, you know, as as we said, we don't we don't really think this is, or I don't think this is over. Obviously, you know, this, right. despite whatever the Saudis say, um, there's definitely, you know, we have to see how quickly they can get this back on. Right. You know, if it is, if it's two or three weeks yet, yeah, it'll be less of a less of a deal. If it goes for, if it goes forward then yeah it's important because you know as we mentioned 
the, there's a shortfall in the market for third quarter and a little bit for uh, for fourth quarter. That'll make up by that'll be made up by the um, you know by some added production elsewhere and and probably an SPR release or an IEA release. Again, depending. Depending, yeah. It's a, yeah, so. depending. I think, but and then and then we've got the the. You know, we don't know what the response is going to be either. Which which response you mean? The, the, oh, oh, the, the right, response, right. You know, yeah. like the geopolitical stuff. Yeah, I was thinking demand response. Well, to that high, too. To higher prices, yeah. Right, that too. Yeah. So, so, you know, I I, I think the mar- the market's been trading around fifty five, the the WTI market, for for a while here. That clearly is going to move up. You know, there's got to be a risk premium because there's more risk. Right. You know, there's no, even if the Saudis get these barrels out quick, you know, it isn't as though they're, you know, particularly happy about being attacked by the, the uh, Iranians a few, you know, a few weeks before their IPO right. uh, with the UN. So, you know, there's got to be a risk premium, whether it's $5, $10, I'm not sure. So, you know, I, I think if the market trends back into the you know 55 57 area I, I you know that that's probably a good area of support and um you also like um diesel to outperform gasoline in terms of yeah price. diesel should should right wouldn't be running yeah the saudis would probably need diesel I wouldn't be running and putting on diesel you know heat to heat to gas spreads but no never but cracks as well yeah. you wouldn't put those diesel on. cracks should do yeah we're going into turnarounds also so all right yeah, yeah, yeah. Should, diesel cracks should do pretty well um so um so you're let's think about news so you're looking you obviously we're going to look at the saudi developments very closely but then you're going to be looking for what u.s production to see if that yeah to see if that comes comes to where the eia says in in fourth quarter you know, obviously, all the geopolitical stuff, and that and that those numbers will show up in the in the um, EIA weeklies to start. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, they're really <laughs> they're pretty ambitious targets. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and then obviously it's all going to be front page stuff and tweets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now, how would you play this? Let, let's. You know. Let's. What do you think on options? Well, what? Well, yeah, I mean, listen, uh, you're talking about a 46.4, 46.5 vol. Uh, I'm not a big fan of selling options in the normal market. So now we've got a, a bid in there, but I, but that's probably a pretty good price for options based on what's going on. But, you know, do you, do you think, do you have a strong price view? I don't. If I had a strong price view that it was going to go down, I'd be buying puts. If it was that I was going to go up, I'd be buying calls. That's basically, but you know, I'd have to eyeball it and say, okay, I'm paying this amount of money. I think the price is going to go here and kind of not look, not worry about paying a high vol number that in that respect. And then, you know, two months from now, we could be in this at the same price and everything expires worthless, but, but at least you know uh, from the get-go, how much you are risking, and I think that's obviously that's why they're expensive because it's a it's a um, it's a it's a it's a volatile situation. And uh, one other thing is that you know we we 
we look at our option models to to back into these uh, volatility numbers and um, you know they for for years back in the 80s when I was teaching classes we'd always point out you know the the option models uh, one of the assumptions is that prices trade continuously so every you know the price and, and we saw Monday uh, we we gapped a few a few dollars so you know it's um, we we take we take we we use the models for analysis, but we don't um, kind of live and die by them. Some uh, people try to. Well, we've in the past. Well, that's where they get in trouble, right? Yeah, we people have blown up big time. Yeah, going back to the old volume investor days was the first. Uh, I think they were the originals, uh, one of them. Anyway, anything else you want to add, Andy, to this uh, market and? You know, be careful out there. I mean, yeah, definitely be careful. That's that's a be careful out there for for sure. Yeah, um, because as as you know, any headline or, or as I said, any tweet, you know, you can change the the whole uh, can change the whole dynamic. Right. Yeah. And when you say tweet, you talk about our president. Of we course, didn't, we didn't we didn't cover that too much, but that's that's kind of like assumed. Right. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we'll, this is Jim Colburn, uh, commodityresearchgroup.com. Check us out. And I'm with Andy LeBeau, and we'll see you next month. Okay, thanks, Jim. Thanks, Andy. Talk to you later.